Hello and welcome to the podcast of the Lotus Eaters for um, someday, who cares? Anyway, today I'm joined by Harry. Hello, it's the 5th. I don't care. <laughs> Why don't you care? I don't, I don't really get it's the date thing. It's almost my birthday, Cal. Oh, is it? Are you not paying any attention? Birthday? Well, pff, when is it? I don't know. I'm not, I'm well, not, I guess he doesn't care. I'm not remembering Ladies guy. and gentlemen, folks watching from all over the world, this is the treatment <laughs> that I get. I don't remember your birthday. I'm sorry. I'll buy you, exactly. a, I'll buy you a gift every day from now on in, for six months, and then I'm, I'm good. That's One right. No, I'm not doing that. That's, That's right. Cost me like five pounds doing that. <laughs> anyway, so today we'll be talking about the average day in the West, uh, the conservative case for white privilege. Which is why our esteemed guest has come as a uh, Calvin Candy, yeah, and also credibility <laughs> is overrated anyway, at least at the Guardian, where they just can't. Just in be case it's anymore. a faux pas as well, by the way, I understand the shade of the jacket with the shade of the waistcoat slightly different to one another. I understand. I was keeping the one that went with this waistcoat in the office, and I believe one of our guests might have picked it up by accident, or, in my estimation, probably nicked it on purpose. You're saying there's a thief. Yes. One of the guests is a thief. Someone is sus among us. Okay. We'll, we'll find that, that vest thief and then we'll return you to your... I mean, it happened like a year ago at this oh. point, so... It wasn't even recently. No, it wasn't recent. You whined about that. Get over it. it. <laughs> I am over it. I'm just <laughs> calling out to everybody watching right now to explain my... Including so you, you my thief. Yeah, yeah, you. Uh, I'm just calling out my social fashion faux pas. Do you do the uh, the kingly thing or don't you? Don't do it. Yeah. What's the kingly thing? So there's a, what to let the gut hang out? No, no. There's a fashion with waistcoats in England. Foreigners probably won't know. You're meant to leave the last button undone. Well, the one at the bottom. Yeah. All right. I'll Apparently do that. Apparently, it then. was um, I think it was King Henry the Fifth or Henry the Eighth. I can't remember. I don't want to be seen as anything other than an unquestioning patriot. So I have now undone the bottom button. But that's the thing, because the the myth goes that if, at least the one where I hear it from Henry the Eighth is that because he was so fat, he had to undo the last button, <laughs> and then <laughs> and just everybody became, around him was, was like, like, "Oh, great, great king." Don't want to make him feel awkward. Undo your fucking button. <laughs> <laughs> So, there we are. Anyway, let's uh, get into some announcements. So, first announcement here. There's a Rumble Live. Rumble exclusive. There you are. Uh, COVID vaccine, Mark of the Beast, 3.30 UK time. I believe this is, is what, that today? today or tomorrow? That's today. Tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> Just in case it's tomorrow. <laughs> it, it, it is tomorrow instead. So, yeah, 3.30 UK time tomorrow. Because tomorrow is Thursday. I thought today was Thursday. That's why. Oh, yeah. You wish today was Thursday. Who doesn't? Anyway, it's only Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday's not bad. We're here. We're enjoying ourselves. Don't you enjoy my company? Yeah, but you know what? Well, I mean, you don't a... enjoy it enough to remember my birthday, but well, all right. You know, who does? But <laughs> You sound just like my dad. I don't remember any of my birthdays. You know what? I got stopped by the... the... Well, any of your birthdays. You have a few dates scheduled off. No, but like my family's ones. So like, oh, right. I actually got... When I was being interrogated by the Russian security, when I um, went to Russia, they were asking everything about your life. And then they're like, so how old is your mother, your father, and one of their birthdays? And oh, like, oh, no. And they looked at me like, we don't believe you. And I was like, I don't know. Call them. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, call my bluff. I'm a terrible son. There's <laughs> just this girl jotting it down, just being like, "Oh." <laughs> anyway, let's get to the news. An average day in the West, folks, has, has come about. Um, it, it is uh, Wednesday, my dudes. So I thought I'd just tell everyone who's not in the West how things have been going, which is um, normal, which means annoying, to say the least. Basically, I just found a whole bunch of average Western stuff, uh, and uh, I want to tell people about it. So we'll start off by promoting something, which is Active Measures, the book club I did with Carl a while back, looking at the KGB and the CIA's shenanigans in the Cold War. <laughs> This will come back to be useful at the end of this segment. Oh, the CIA and their tomfoolery. Literally, they weren't actually doing anything useful. Like When they spreading fake propaganda? Well, it was even stupider. So at the start of the Cold War, 
it's really like baby steps. So the CIA started making a magazine that was anti-communist in some of the pages and then releasing it in East Germany. And of course, no one was reading them. So they started putting in horoscopes to make women read them. <laughs> and then Is that what got him? Well, then the KGB started reading them, apparently, because they like horoscopes or something. Oh, okay. And then they read it and went, this is obviously written by the CIA. It's crap. It's not even spelt right. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then they... <laughs> And then they produce their own magazine. This doesn't look like my usual horoscope. Yeah, this must be a fraud. <laughs> this is Western horoscope. <laughs> so then they started producing their own magazine that they published in Western Germany to mess with them, uh, which gave like little clues to the CIA that we know you're publishing this one in our country. Please stop. It's just weird. Uh, but then they moved on to a whole bunch of other stuff, which we'll get back to as we return to Germany later on in the average day in the West. Let's start off with the average leftist on the 4th of July, because it is their time of year. Um, I don't know if... Uh, yes, did. you can control it. I, the I, power I of the new studio, yes. Yes, but I think the link might be wrong, because that's just Twitter Home. That is of... just a Twitter Home screen, yeah. yes. Having some technical difficulties, as always. Oh, yeah. there we go. <laughs> but you can see here, this is Cory Bush, who decided to come out and say, The Declaration of Independence was written by enslavers who didn't recognise black people as human. Today is a great day to demand reparations now. <sighs> and nobody cared, which is at least a good thing. Yeah. That's nice. Uh, the, I mean, 15,000 people cared, but that's less than the typical, you know, 50,000. When you got 6 million views... Yeah. Only 15k people I'll hit a like on that nonsense. I mean, there was obvious factual response. I think it's from uh, Libby Evans, who said, of the 36, 11 signatories were guilty of enslaving others. Jefferson's clause about the need to abolish slavery was removed from the document in order to appease the colonists and uh, back the practice. Adams, Franklin, and two others were abolitionists. And do, so we need to, wrong. do we need to go over the reason for the three-fifth compromise again? But it's just, like, it isn't true on, on the face of it. So that's, you know, one thing. But the better thing is the following link, in which it was the funniest response possible. Thomas Jefferson's slaves were better educated than you. Ooh! <laughs> and uh, this libertarian probably, over here. <laughs> probably true. This libertarian over here managed to, um, well, also out-like uh, the person above, which I'm told on Twitter.com is a big deal. Uh, with fewer views as well. Yes. So the ratio within the ratio is actually much tighter. But there we are. The point being, the response was at least uh, go to hell, was sick of it, which I'm glad to say is a, is a, is a move. I, I think 10 years ago, it wasn't as uh, popular or at least modern. I think anybody like, who's paying attention up. is well aware of the types of rhetoric that's going to come out at the 4th of July and well aware of the counter arguments that can be thrown. But speaking of which, I just think it's gotten better. So hmm. Douglas Murray, for example, he went on Piers Morgan's show to say things, and he went on there talking about exactly this kind of person who sits there on the 4th of July being like, my slavery, hmm. not knowing anything. And um, he gave a very, very good response, which was a complete distillation of all the arguments we've ever had about slavery, especially in Carl's video that's like an hour long. It's distilled into two minutes. So I thought we'd enjoy all two oh, minutes of it, because it's, it's good, this clip. So let's play this clip. Well, it's, it's a kind of grievance competition. Your guest earlier just tried to engage in it. I don't know what hurt she believes she's had from slavery. Uh, all of this was addressed two centuries ago. Everything has consequences. All history has consequences and ramifications. But, you know, if we were to play this fairly, we would at least look at all of the countries around the world that engaged in the slave trade who are simply not interested in any form of reparations, the, the, the Ottoman Empire, all the Arab countries, 
countries who not just traded far more slaves than across the Atlantic, but castrated all the men so that there wouldn't be any more African slaves in, uh, after them. They worked them to the bone. I see no interest across Africa in paying reparations for selling their brother and sister Africans into slavery or for working them to the bone to the present day. There is slavery across Africa today. In fact, there are more slaves in the world today than there were at the height of the transatlantic slave trade. So some of us are simply a bit bored of hearing people ripping at closed wounds and then crying about their hurt or their presumed hurt because everybody could do this. A million Europeans were stolen by North Africans over the course of decades of the North African Barbary pirate slave trade. Where would you end if you did that? The answer is you couldn't end because nobody is alive who has actually suffered the hurt and nobody is alive who did the wrong. And I'd make one other point if I may. It's always the countries that people want to come to who are put through this struggle session. Britain, like America and France, are among the, are the most desired destinations for migrants worldwide and have been for centuries. Why is that? It's not because we're racist. It's because we're better. It's because we're good. It's because when we see racism, we actually call it out and recognize it as a sin. Try finding that across Africa. Try finding that across the Middle East or in China. Nobody would hear. So what we have is a situation where the more virtuous countries are presented as the worst countries. It's sick and most of us are tired of it. Sorry about laughing there. I just noticed the man on the right to Douglas Morris. Yeah. <laughs> and then I realized the absurdity of what we were watching was a large panel of about five people where the screen presumably was divided for our viewers with us at the side, which made it look like a super panel a that we were involved in. You ever seen, I think it's Indian CNN? <laughs> no. Where they will have debates of 20 people on screen? Oh my God. It's just stupid. Like, the whole concept's stupid. I have seen some Twitch debates like that and it, it is insufferable. Yeah. But anyway, point of blame that was just that I am actually very impressed. I mean, I know it's Douglas and Douglas does a very good job speaking all the time. But I'm very impressed at how distilled the arguments about this conversation have become. I'm impressed at how bored he managed to sound while giving that spiel because it is so tiresome at he this point. Correct, but that's good, because this is no longer a thing where people are confused about what happened in history, or people are confused about what the obvious answer to this is, or the obvious motivations for the people whining. Instead, everyone is well aware that this is all just theatre. Shut up. Not interested anymore. And, well, he's correct in that assessment, I believe. But we'll go to this one as well, just to talk about the West real quick, because um, the UK is not doing great in it. Just as a segue, this is, just, what is it, Household Disposable Income Per Capita? So mm. there we are, 2021. Um done worse than Sweden <coughs> yeah. anyway moving on though but no it, it looks like I don't know why we're below Sweden when the actual figures given are both the same perhaps they've just deducted a few points from us for being the UK probably because we're falling down constantly so yeah, I mean, this is 2021 data so that I can see the happy 4th of July Americans online doing their thing and I thought I'd include a bunch because I did see the British response which was largely at least we have our NHS I don't know if you saw oh, it thank today. God. And look at how diverse it is as well. Our NHS would not be as strong without that diversity. I've just got to put that out there. Of course. But for people who don't know, um, it is a holy day in the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. We celebrate 75 years of our NHS, which is only one year more than the waiting list. So there's mm. that. But we'll move to the next one because I did see this yesterday. And this story kind of captured me in its weirdness. But this isn't where you think it's going. So South Yorkshire police decided to tweet out this lovely image of, um, I don't know, a troll? Uh, <laughs> something horrible. Something Lovecraftian. Yeah. And they say here, news, a Sheffield woman who baited social media users into arguments 
commented hurtful and derogatory words has been sentenced to time in prison. Uh, Katie Bell, 27, of Stradbrook Road, has been sentenced to 15 months in prison. So, okay. I'm glad to see that there's now a Twitter context on here. When I was writing this, there wasn't. And we'll move forward, because, of course, a lot of people took that as the police wrote it, which I seem... Well, I think seems. It, it is reasonable. interesting to me that what has happened here is that the South Yorkshire Police, their official Twitter account, has released some information which users have had to actually fact check on behalf of the police. Because the police can't focus on what's important. I think that's what's more important here. You'll see, real quick, we'll just mention it. They say here that she was sentenced for long term harassment campaign involving death threats. Now, the police didn't focus on that because the police aren't interested. I don't think they actually left this out because, I don't know, they're trying to mislead the public. I think they don't care. I think the mean words is actually the crux of their problem with this woman. Because if we go to the next link here, I mean, we see Dankula just taking the piss. Justice Dankula, we should say. 90% of this website is exactly what they described. Just people baiting each other for fun. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's also a lot of people making the point of, like, you can't be serious about this. So we went to the Yorkshire Police's website about this exact case. And uh, maybe they put more information on there. No, they, they did not. They copy and pasted the description on their own website. Online troll sentenced to prison. A bit harsh. I mean, she's hideous, but come on. Anyway. Well, uh, I think perhaps there is something to it that perhaps the way that the, uh, that the police are operating from this is, okay, if we put out this information, it lets people know. And leave the real context out, it leads people to believe that, oh, I best just not say nothing nasty online or else this could happen to me. Because that's their real goal. Yes. It's not trying to stop death threats or harassment, it's instead trying to control the public. You're saying here they say uh, a Sheffield woman who baited social media users into arguments, commented hurtful and derogatory words, has been sentenced to time in prison. Katie Bell, 27, of Staffordshire Book Road, has been appeared before Sheffield Crown Court yesterday, charged with a malicious communication and breach of a restraining order, but don't think about that. Her charges related to the malicious communication, because that's the thing they're interested in, were on Twitter and Instagram between March and December of 2022, targeting numerous victims with her mean words across South Yorkshire. So it wasn't just harassment campaign, even just that the context of the community note left. You say that, that she also broke a restraining, restraining order. order. Yeah, but for some reason, like, this isn't the focus of the police report. Uh, You'd think that's important information to leave in. They don't even tell you what she did. They're just like, wow, she commented on Twitter and Instagram. She said mean words. She started an end train. 15 months in prison. Okay. I mean, we get the next link here. A fair few people started, obviously, because that was the information they had, relating it to other cases, such as a transgender woman from Norwich, who admitted to having dozens of images of indecent uh, images of children, has been spared jail, because... That's just how the UK rolls with these things. Who knows why? Whereas this person got 15 months in prison. Uh, most Yankee responses to this were uh, Yankee as hell, which I, I was not... <laughs> I'm shocked by. Can you it's, give us any examples? Well, if we go to the next link, we can see that. Example of Yankeedom being Yankeedom. There you are. It's crazy how the English police like to go on Twitter and brag about how they send people to prison for being mean online. Yeah, it is. It really is yeah. kind of weird. I mean, they're all I'm singing. not a fan of it either, trust me. I imagine the Americans are sitting there singing My Country Tis of Thee, where being an incel is free. Uh, but mm. moving forward, we'll go to this guy who made a point. The following link in which uh, he pointed out why he made a fake uh, post here. He was like, South Yorkshire Police, uh, Dave over here, on who made a frog account, um, of Cumslag Road, in case you want to harass him. He's been jailed for causing a, a news presenter, a right C-word, whereas local man convicted of grooming has been uh, had his identity protected and sentenced to three months. So, yep. I mean, I'm sorry, but that is true of the average posts from the police. 
And of course, that can't be it, right? The news. So I went to the BBC, which is one of the links put in that Twitter uh, thing there, and tried to read the story. I was like, well, someone can't be put away just for commenting on Twitter. We don't even know what she commented in. They say on here, an online troll who carried out a campaign of abuse against a grieving widow after breaching an order to stop has been jailed for 15 months. Katie Bell, 27, who was given a suspended jail sentence in 2021 for abusive comments and uh, threats directed at people on social media. Again, no info. Bell of Statue of the Road again. I just like, okay, why do you always have to mention the road name? As if I really give a shit. But they uh, go on to say, she pleaded guilty to two breaches of a restraining order, breaching a suspended sentence order, and a further charge of malicious communications on Twitter and Instagram. Again, no real information. Just... Nope. Just don't don't tell anyone what's really happening in the world. I am interested in the sidebar of this though. What's, what's Italian this or black right woman here? Oh wow, this seems like something interesting that society has kept hidden from me. Oh, I read for about years. this. Thank you, you so you, much, BBC. I read that before I came here. Do you, what, what do you think they were doing? Do you think they were killing Nazis left, right, and center? These black women. Um, I'm going to imagine they were filling in administration forms. They were brought over to Britain to help with a postal backlog. <laughs> when for some reason the the Damn people! People who run the the commemoration of the Second World War saw fit to put the dead of D-Day above the black women who sorted out the post. Absolutely shocking. Average BBC article. But they say in here in a statement that she read out in Sheffield Crown Court, one of the victims detailed the distress Bell had subjected her to, including comments about her late husband. Bell posted a number of comments on news articles paying tribute to the woman's husband following her sudden death, uh, his sudden death, including one which said, "Serves him right." That's a bit mean. Yeah, it's been mean. Is that a crime? There's no other information. I've, I just... I've said m much worse things to very close people to me before. This is what I don't get about the way the system works. Like, there's nothing. They, they got to say there was another post in which someone else died, and the troll said, serves her right if she is dead. That's awful. Yeah. Um, if you're on... Doesn't this, sound this, like a harassment this, campaign. This was on Twitter, right? Yes. There is a block function. You could do that. There's just a block function. So I went to the, the Mirror, socialist outlet, to try and find even more information because that, that can't be it, surely. They're saying here, in one such message, she commented on the news of Mr. Patterson's death with laughing emojis. Lock her up. One vile communication included a picture of a coffin with a message that read, for your grandchild. And again. I mean, that's horrible. Yeah. I wouldn't like that. Um, I'm not going to break out the gallows. They then went on to talk about the victim in this case and saying that she was running a charity and then they literally couldn't even look at her own social media anymore because she was getting mean messages. I don't really get why the block function wouldn't work there. But again, just, just no real information whatsoever as to what happened. So you have to go to the local paper to find out literally anything. Oh, really? So we go to the next link here. This is, the I think, the local Sheffield Star in which they mention here that the court heard that Bell then latched into Mrs. Childs sending her messages including ones that said die b-word and your granddaughter will rot in hell and then if you scroll there's a bunch of screenshots where there's obvious death threats and it's like okay alright that makes it more serious why did no one tweet any of this why did the police not include this in the report why did the BBC completely yep. ignore this why were the news outlets ignoring it why because they want to instill fear in you they want to leave out the context so that you think oh best not be mean or I could go to prison I mean Reasonably speaking, you might that might still happen because the police will it come up. With, it does happen uh, because the police will come up with a reason to arrest you if they want one. But this is important context. But I also just love how this is the one thing they actually care about. Just are you being rude? Anyway, time to end this off with some good news, I, I suppose, which is populism in Germany. 
Mm, it's doing pretty well. I, I've tried to keep people updated with the fact the AFD is surging, and, um, well, we've reached it, boys. They are now the most popular party in Germany. So, and uh, for, for those unfamiliar, would you mind just giving us a quick rundown of some of their major policy prescriptions? Um, had enough, send them back. Sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> no, they used to be far more um, Eurosceptic. They're less so now because I don't think the public would buy onto that. Like, mm. they, they tried to run the whole idea of um, Germany leaving the EU and then they realised, hang on a minute, um, the EU is Germany. So there's, there's a lot of German voters who quite like having an uh, empire. So they're, yeah. they're more sceptical on, like, re-integration. Uh, they're like, no, we should try and not integrate more because this is a disaster. We end up with Greece. So it's, it's not a bad argument either. But the main thing, obviously, being um, maybe we shouldn't have Mama Merkel's migrants coming en masse here. And apparently that's quite popular in Germany. Shocking. Not being robbed by, by foreign beggars. So there well, you are. It, it helps when you have such impressive case studies uh, just a few well, a few hundred miles down the road from yourselves. Yeah. I, I did mention before, I know some people know Tommy K. He's a Hoi4 uh, YouTuber and streamer. I know and very little of Hoi4. Well, he's a, he's a German guy and he like votes Green Party. And has incredibly left us on, on a lot of things. Very concerned about the environment. You know, he wants to like lower the speed limit to save the environment. Weird thing like that. Is he now an AFD voter? Well, what's really funny is he used to work in the government dealing with refugees during the migrant crisis. Oh no! And whenever he speaks about <laughs> the refugees, oh no, he's he's more than the <laughs> AFD. Oh dear. <laughs> It's, it's kind of like shock therapy, isn't it? Exposure therapy. What happens is that you're a, um, an incredibly fragile, anti-racist zealot and you're so so blessed to be enriched constantly. And then you actually meet them. Meet them yeah. And all of a sudden, you're, no, get them out. There is no women and children. There is no good culture. I'm not... Why are all my kids getting... Oh, no. Okay. Need, you need to go. All of you. Like, unironically, when Tommy K talks about it, it's just like, they're all fraud. All of them are fraud. <laughs> so there's that. We'll get to the next one here because there is some other funny news, which is um, the Germans were asked, depending on their political persuasion, do you think the AFD are a threat to democracy in Germany? And 10% of the AFD said yes. <laughs> so... <laughs> Based? Like, the rest of them, I mean, yeah, they're all going to say they're a threat to democracy because if you can get that label... Well, they I just, mean, of course they are. They could just shut down the party. <laughs> so obviously the political opponents want to shut them down. I like that there's a 10% are presumably looking to bring back the Habsburgs. <laughs> yeah, they're just like... <laughs> <laughs> I love the Kaiser. What do you want? We'll get the next link. The just... glorious King Vilvilvil himself. <laughs> There's uh, an artist's interpretation of um, <laughs> what those AFD supporters look like. It's average monarchist. Uh, but the AFD, for people who don't know as well, are just good fun. So, I mean, actual growth in the West is good to see. So, if we go to the next link here, we can see they had um, Pride Month, which we spoke about, which they challenged into German Pride Month, which a lot of people S themselves over. There's also previous antics. Are these, are these real women or AI constructs? Uh, I think this is just for, like, stock image that you put the thing on. Oh, all right. But, uh, the real women that exist. It's, they it's are cool. real? I hope so. I, I hope Maybe so. Maybe the AI has well. to steal all the women. Yeah. Right. But we'll go to the next one here, because they also did something funny a while back, which people seem to forget. They printed these posters, which say that Ataturk would have voted for the AFD, because, of course, the huge Turkish population in Germany. Oh. <laughs> and they love Ataturk. <laughs> and obviously Ataturk, yeah, he probably would have voted AFD. Yeah, probably. You look at his political persuasion. But for some reason, when Turks are in Germany, they vote left-wing. And the AFD were like, yeah, stop doing that. Like, why do you vote for right-wingers in Turkey, but left-wingers in Germany? Stop voting for right-wingers. We all know why. So, there we are. But we'll end this off, just so we get the next one. I mean, the establishment is running counter-propaganda against them, as you can see here. Uh, this video is from Deutsche Welt, state media, in which they argue that the an unnamed party, they wouldn't name them, presumably for legal reasons, this guy here, 
If you scroll down a little bit, I'll, I'll try. I'll, I'll do it. There we are. No, both of us did no, it. No, yeah. no. Oh, wait, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> this guy here, um, he comes out and says uh, that there's a there's a room for in German politics for a racist party who wants to take territory from the eastern states and beyond. I, I don't remember that part. I don't think the AfD were very much sure. Like, ah, oh, unser Lebensraum. <laughs> yeah, Le- Lebensraum doesn't seem to be their th- their bag. That's not their bag, baby. Well, they back this up with a quote from their direct political opponent of the leader of the Socialist Party saying that they're bad. So there you are. Very convincing. But Interesting. I did also recently see a headline that was talking about how ooh, far-right parties are rising up in Germany and other places. What does this mean for democracy? And how can democracy stop this? Banning the opposition. Yes. Anyway, but we've met the AFD. Uh, we will just end the last link here, just proving that they're, they're winning election by election, which is very good. Um, we've met them. We, we've gone to the German parliament, and they're great guys. Um, nothing about them is, is the uh, mid-century Germans. So, yeah, it is all just propaganda. But So it is great to see the German public picking that up. So there's victories in Germany, um, cringe in Britain, and um, weirdness in America, average day in the West. Sorry, I was just fighting for control of the mouse with John for a moment there. You know, we've all got mouses. So John's got a mouse, you've got a mouse, I've got a mouse. So we can just... And they all control the same cursor. So <laughs> this, is, this is dangerous territory here. Although John is the only one with access to a keyboard that works for the screen that we have. So this is even more well, the dangerous. The real threat to democracy is over there. Yes, <laughs> our democratic freedoms are being threatened. What's no. John doing? No! <laughs> Don't skip to the end, John, no! All right, so let's discuss the conservative case for white privilege. Now, white privilege is... Uh, Do you want some? Is that what you're... Uh, well, you yes, some? I am dressed somewhat like a purveyor, a salesman of the white privilege. <laughs> uh, hello there, gentlemen. Would you like some white privilege? How much? How, what, what are you offering? <laughs> are you literally like, what have you got? <laughs> <laughs> what you got going then? <laughs> got some string? You've got, got, you got some nice keys here. Those, those are my keys. Are they for your house? Maybe. I'll take those. I'll th- All right. You want to be... <laughs> you're Irish. You're Irish. You want to be white, don't you? Uh, the house is a crap hole, so don't worry. Oh. That's not a house. It's flat. So. Well, I can get some money for it. I don't own it. Well, I might. <laughs> Should we get back to white privilege? <laughs> yes. <laughs> White privilege is, of They've course, robbing me. <laughs> live robbery caught on air. <laughs> uh, white privilege is, of course, utter nonsense. It is a leftist term used to describe the fact that in countries that are majority white, you tend to find that white people do well and that white people occupy many positions of power. Maybe not representative to the uh, proportion of white people who are in the country because oftentimes nowadays it is far less than the actual proportion of white people who are in a country that actually occupy particular positions due to things like affirmative action which uh, thankfully the supreme court in america seemed to have struck down recently in the uk we're still blighted by such things thanks to the thanks to the equality act and other such pieces of legislation um but it, it it amuses me because We all know that it's nonsense, we all know that it's rubbish, but there is a certain type of conservative and a certain type of liberal ally to the conservative who are always more than happy to carry water for leftist concepts and more than happy to make an excuse, make a conservative argument for such things. I've seen many articles, often by David French, let's be fair if you've ever encountered him. 
uh, cringe. Is he's a, he's w- he's a National Review conservative, shall we say? And he has written many articles on the defense of trans rights, the defense of trans kids, the defense of uh, the, the conservative um, argument for gay marriage, all of these different things. And um, I think it's important to point out when this happens and call these people out and make people aware, uh, because I just find it very amusing uh, that the right, sadly, has in the past been rather poor at choosing allies. Now. Completely unrelated. Um, <laughs> uh, Here's a video of me disliking James Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm making a cogent argument against some of James Lindsay's conceptions of liberalism and his propensity to punch right against those within right-wing spheres who would have arguments about how to solve the current political crisis and culture crisis that we find ourselves in. This was a Rumble-exclusive live hangout, which means you don't have to be a member of the website to watch, so you can please go over to Rumble and watch that for free. It was me and Connor discussing this, and I think we were very fair to James Lindsay. I'm not just trying to badmouth him, and I I also was using this as a bit of a touchstone to be able to kick off a, a broader discussion about liberalism in general. And I thought that it was a very interesting and productive conversation that Connor and I had. So please, if you're interested, go over and watch that video. You might be able to learn something from it. Or if you feel that Connor and I went wrong somewhere, you can feel free to leave a comment and I will be checking the comments. I've been enjoying interacting with people down there before. So uh, David French, I mentioned, uh, he is the kind of slippery slope conservative who can go from writing articles like this back in 2017 which was the racial poison of white privilege which sadly does give a little bit of ground to the position in the article but not as badly as some of his later ones so for instance uh, we've got the name alone which was probably decided by an editor but still says the racial poison of white privilege which suggests you know that it's a term that's used more than anything as a cudgel to bludgeon people excuse me with um, unless as an actual argument if you're trying to get a racially harmonious society which is a very very difficult thing to do then you don't want to have these terms that provoke grievances that may or may not exist or certainly make those grievances worse still in this article he states and this is back from 2017 the discussion of white privilege has gone from interesting and thoughtful it never was. I don't, it, what do you mean, thought? It, it never was. To stupid and malicious at the speed of social justice, which is a, another absurd analogy to point that. What even is that sentence? Yes, that doesn't really make much sense. There is a fascinating yeah, debate really to be that. held about the nature of privilege in America, including who has real privilege and how it shapes our nation, but we're definitely not having it, which is, uh, shall we say, a slightly more nuanced take than he had back in 2021 when he wrote this article for The Dispatch called Structural Racism Isn't Wokeness, it's reality. So here we can see somebody going down that slippery, slippery slope. And uh, let's read a few from this. So, so he's talking about Christians. They must not deny the full consequences of centuries of intentional racist harm. Residential segregation through redlining and other means. All you need to do is watch your average actual Justice Warrior video to have good arguments about what redlining actually was and how it actually affected people or just read any article or book from Thomas Sowell to understand that these practices were not good and they were not just certainly but they did not harm black populations in the same way that certain people would like you to believe um, and I'll carry on especially when combined with profound employment discrimination and educational disparities resulted in the creation of large communities of dramatically disadvantaged Americans which this is just this is a supposed conservative and this is leftist rhetoric, as far as I'm concerned. Now for a note about conservatism. Are you ready for everybody's favourite favorite definition of conservatism they've ever read? 
in here. So now for a note about conservatism. I simply don't grant that the dissenter's objections to Platt, who's the person he's responding to here, are conservative. Right wing, yes. Conservative, I object. Now, the other day I made a point on Twitter that conservatism can tend to be the ideology of yesterday's leftism. And this is certainly a good example of that, as far as I'm concerned. Years ago, my friend Rod Dreher wrote that the business of conservatism with integrity is not to impose an idealistic ideological narrative on reality, but rather to try and see the world as it is and respond to its challenges within the limits of what we know about human nature. Problem with this definition, of course, being that who is determining what the world is at any given time and how are you going to respond to those challenges? And it seems to me that these kinds of conservatives are completely useless and will just allow the left to define what the world is at any particular time. So you just go along with the left's conception of it and then you just go, as Michael Malice would say, conservatism is progressivism going the speed limit. You go, okay, the world is terrible and I agree with all of your absurd conceptions of how everything is, but let's not get radical about how we solve it. We don't want complete race communism yet. What we want is mild race communism. We just want a sprinkle of race communism. And then question mark, question mark, question mark. We defeat the left, trust me. Yes, it's very strange. It's very absurd. But once again, I think that in here there is a tacit admission when he says that the people who disagree with him are right-wing but not conservative that conservative does not necessarily have to be right-wing in nature um and once again this doesn't lead to justice and uh, if you're actually asking me for my conception of how the politics works these days uh, you're just furthering the claims of leftist grievances that go towards leftist clients politics works as a client game a voting game you get people to vote for you by promising them benefits that's how democracy works and so if you have big blocks of people with racial grievances you stoke those racial grievances and then you go i will give you big bits of money in return for your votes because you have racial grievances so he's just legitimizing this and this is something that tends to happen quite a lot and uh, we've got articles just showing that this is very much a leftist uh, phenomenon when it comes to the idea of white privilege forbes anti-racism 101 but if we just check the url here we can see what was the original title of this article dear white people you know a sentence. You know a statement's going to be excellent when it begins with "Dear white people," Wasn't don't there a you? Show called that on Netflix. Yes, there was. Was also cancer, just completely unwatchable. Any once again, any statement that begins with "Dear white people," I just shut. It's white noise to me. Audible white noise. <laughs> I mean, please go away. Um, and it's leftist propaganda, as you can imagine. We've got loads of articles about it constantly. This one from May this year. Yellowface takes white privilege to a sinister level. This article is about this book. Yellowface. If you've walked into a Waterstones recently, you'll have seen it. You'll have seen it because it's on all of the shelves, and it's um, essentially fan fiction to try and prove that a real-life phenomena exists. Now, this is uh, a description of it. In a climate where the publishing industry is being highly scrutinized for its gatekeeping unfair treatment of marginalized writers and editors, its role in appropriation, and more, Quang's novel is a strong commentary on the exploitation and rigors writers face under the pressure to be successful. Yellowface is about a young white author who steals the manuscript of her dead Asian friend, finishes it, and publishes it as her own. The beauty and irony of this conversation is that Quang herself is an Asian writer telling this story through the eyes of a white writer fan fiction racial fan fiction to try and stoke up grievances i am an asian person who has written a story about how white people steal the pro steal the work of asian people for profit okay what does that prove then that you have some kind of schizophrenic paranoid delusion 
And Salon, everyone's favourite. We've all had a good look through Salon at a time. Do you remember that article from a few years ago from Salon that said that um, actually Mao and Stalin were right-wing because left-wing is when government doesn't be totalitarian and right-wing is when government is totalitarian? Yeah, that was, it was a fun one. Brain. It was enormous brain. That was giga-chad brain right there. Why the right is so terrified of woke? There are truths that we just can't face. Conservatives didn't want to hear about white privilege, so they abandoned reality and joined the orange man's cult. This one has a, has some funny uh, mo uh, moments in it where they just show that leftists only view the world through a paranoid, schizophrenic lens given to them by films and television media. They say so many things in our society can be understood by thinking back to high school. Think of nearly Edward, because these people haven't bypassed the emotional or grown past the emotional uh, maturity of a high schooler i don't know you're right there sorry think back to high school now think of a hollywood film about high school yes so Probably not actually a high school experience D get rid of that out of your no brain. just just think of a hollywood film about suburban teenagers in which the good-looking spoiled brats of the country club get their comeuppance in the third act after reveling in all sorts of bad behavior i'm sorry but that didn't happen you literally just said that don't think of your actual high school think of a movie is very think of something that didn't happen and then base your view on that. It is very amusing and very strange because um, I don't know if this person knows this, but Hollywood films, they don't just sprout out of the ground. They are written by people, often people who have life experiences of their own, often people who were bullied nerds in high school, or not even bullied nerds, just isolated losers with no friends. Spiteful mutants, I believe is the term that's used for them, where they write weird fan fictions about how all of their high school people that they didn't like, all of their co uh, all of their fellow students in high school who they hated, actually were all horrible people and deserved to die. This is what... And, and then other leftists watch this and go, oh my god, this is just like when I was in high school. I have an understanding of reality. But once again, all of this is just to show that leftism is where the idea of white privilege comes from in the first place, and it should not be adopted by the right, which is why it's very, very frustrating when right-wingers or conservatives continually fall into this trap of trying to use the left's terms against it as if pointing out hypocrisy, which we've been doing for bloody decades at this point, is going to actually solve anything. Hate to break it to you, if the left are hypocrites, the left don't care. The left go, huh, funny that, isn't it? And then continue to try and destroy your culture. They don't care, they're not going to look in the mirror or reflect for a moment, they are going to carry on as they always do, which is why it's frustrating when I see Accounts like this, Cattered, which are quite an amusing account for the most part, mostly posts memes, posted this picture of Hunter Biden, which is in the aftermath of the recent allegations, well, not allegations, the recent courts hearings and everything that's been going on that's shown that he's actually been party to a lot of corruption, things that we all already knew for a very long time, uh, and he's getting very little in the way of backlash against it. Connor and I went through it the other week. I've forgotten the exact details of it, but I know that he's certainly not getting the book thrown at him. Let's just say that. Uh, with this comment, the face of above the law and white privilege. Above the law? Yeah. Yes. Where, where does the white privilege come white, into it? He's, his last name is Biden. Yeah, it's because he's from the Biden dynasty. That's why this is. And it's very frustrating to me when I see this. Because to be fair, Cattered, for the most part, is a somewhat satirical, funny account. As you can tell from the name. I just, I just love how you're trying to make it work. Like Shadid. You know about Shadid? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, t tell tell me about Shadid. So Shadid was a, a black lady's dog that she wanted buried. Um, 
All right, okay. Actually, no, I've got them mixed up now. No, there were two Shadids. There was well, Shadid. Okay, there was Shadid 1 and 2. There was Shadid 1. Are we talking about which was the dog. 2 right well, here? The Shadid was the dog that wanted to be buried, and the cemetery wouldn't put Shadid's name on the headstone because it spelled something rude. All right. And then Shadid was a black woman who also made a song about herself. I don't know why her parents called her Shadid, but they did. They, they, you know. And it was it was terrible. But I love how you're like, yeah, Caturd. <laughs> it's I'm a French name. <laughs> I'm trying desperately not to just say Caturd, but there you go. Um, yeah, this was this is a relatively meme account, so it's probably just a joke. Probably just a joke, that's fine. 27,000 likes, hopefully they all understood that it was a joke. Marjorie Taylor Greene, on the other hand, as far as I'm aware, not a meme account, uh, responds to this tweet from Henry Rogers saying, Kodak Black's lawyer reacts to the Hunter Biden news, said Kodak was charged for the same crime and had to serve three years in jail for it. Marjorie Taylor Greene, unfortunately Kodak's daddy was not president. Fair point. Yeah, if your dad's the president of the United States, you're probably going to get away with a lot more things than the average person is. And he's not white. For God's sake. For God's sake, Marjorie, why? Do not use their framing. You are legitimizing their framing. I went through to try and find this tweet and found a lot of tweets of people accusing you of having white privilege. Do not legitimize the claim in the first place. It's very, very silly and very disappointing. And then the spectator did it as well. The Spectator did it as well. The media does not want to address racial disparity when it comes to Hunter Biden. He is a clear-cut example of the kind of white privilege that motivated hundreds of think pieces on race. And now they don't want to touch it? <gasps> it's like the left are hypocrites and don't care. What a shock. What a big surprise. Furthermore, in the article... They have more in here. So they say, Racial uh, conflict has driven much of the political and media conversation, leading to the widespread concept of DEI in boardrooms and newsrooms, and the Democratic Party employing a vague concept of racial equity in the place of equality. Yet suddenly, all of that has gone out the window when it comes to Hunter Biden, the affluent and powerful white son of the sitting president of the United States. They don't care. They don't care. You are their political enemy, and Biden... Whether or not it's Joe Biden or Hunter Biden is a useful political tool for them because he is their friend, politically speaking. So if he experiences white privilege or what appears to be white privilege from their own terms, they don't care. Would you care? No. Exactly. Why would they care if it means they're winning? Either way, they get what they want. And then furthermore, I just wanted to uh, point out that there are others um, that kind of go down a slippery slope although to be fair these people that i'm going to call out are difficult to describe as right wing or conservative in the first place but they are people who the right has aligned with that have some issues about them some some trouble about them and when certain things come out they show their true colors like the uh, the situation that we've got in france at the moment where people are rioting in the streets and it seems to be one particular type of person who is going out in the streets and destroying France and rioting and such and uh, you know anybody who cares about the West anybody who cares about Europe anybody who cares about France goes that's a terrible thing I hate to see that I hope somebody can step in and stop that soon and then you get Ian Miles Chong come out uh, who if you remember is somebody who can occasionally provide useful information and has kind of been in the ear of Elon Musk for a while he puts himself forward as a free speech kind of guy then comes out and says if you're proud that Europeans conquered and subjugated other people then you should be perfectly fine with the same thing happening to France right now they're being conquered and they're surrendering without a fight 
That's how it works. But for real though, why doesn't anyone ask why so many Middle Easterners and Africans are fleeing to Europe? Could America bombing the F out of their countries with drones of diversity and tolerance and making them uninhabitable have something to do with the refugee crisis? Is this the right thing to say in this circumstance? I understand that, yes, there are problems going on in Africa and the Middle East. There aren't. Uh, well, <laughs> there can be, but there I'm, aren't. I'm so this is this is just nonsense. You I'm just are sick right. of this assumption we have in the West of like, yeah, the rest of the world's uninhabitable. No, it's perfectly it's, habitable. They didn't, the, the reason they come to Europe, and I, 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 I'm going to be charitable and say he's being somewhat ironic in the sense of like, you know, I you're can understand being that. conquered because you refuse to actually fight back. And that is correct. If we just enforced our borders, we wouldn't be conquered. It's that simple. Well, this is all true, but I have to point out as well that it's probably not the average Frenchman on the street refusing to fight back. It's not me refusing to fight back in England. It is the states. They're the ones enforcing this, and they're the ones creating a political situation, a domestic situation in your country, where if you do anything about it, if you say anything about it, you are liable to get the book thrown at you legally. That is why lots of people don't do it, because they have been put into a situation where they can't. We're not allowed to talk about certain things on YouTube and on Twitter. Ironically, given the free speech platform that was supposed to be Twitter, we're not allowed to talk about certain things or say certain things, because we will get the book thrown at us, we will get our platforms taken down, and then we won't be able to talk about other things. That is what makes us not be able to talk about these things. Not because I don't think about these things, not because I don't care about these things, not because I'm not willing to fight these things, but because there is top-down pressure creating a situation where you can't do anything about it. Similarly, Carl had a discussion with this man, Michael Tracy, who I don't want to write off entirely. I've been looking into some of the things that he does, and he's been doing a lot of good work looking at the situation in Ukraine, questioning some of the narratives that are going on around there, and he has done a few other bits of journalism in the past. But once again, we need to be careful about the sorts of people that we ally ourselves with, because a lot of the time, because we have one narrow focus at any one time, a bit, a bit of the culture war, we ally ourselves with particular people who then turn around and reveal themselves to have nothing else in common with us. So Michael Tracy, who once again, I don't want to write off, and Carl has been having some diplomatic conversations with him over the course of the past few days regarding some of the statements that he's made, Uh, but he did put this in response to this footage of France saying that it's so stupid to look at a bunch of teenagers acting crazy in the summer. Just average white boy summer right here this is what me and the boys are going to do for for spring break i think i just love that meme of like um man there could be teenagers around here i hate teenagers (laughs) as the wind caressed his cool bare chest yeah uh, it's so stupid to look at a bunch of teenagers acting crazy in the summer and ascribe some cogent ideological or religious motive i seriously doubt that any of these kids would cite radical islam to explain their behavior by the way this library wasn't burnt down and is reopening next week if that bit at the end is true that's good to know i'm very glad to know and he carries on down here as you may remember there were similarly arson fueled riots in the u.s in 2020 and they had nothing to do with radical islam no that's they because... had to do with black nationalism yeah, they, they, they had to do with racial grievances michael because yes this person and specifically labels Islamic, Islamist radicals. But, but it, that's shorthand. We use it as shorthand in Europe for basically the Muslims as in those from North Africa and the Middle East. It, it's not because we're like, oh man, they're all Salafist jihadists. So like, no, it's just it's just shorthand to explain who they are. Yes, he, he carries on as well. If you see a French Algerian teen was shot dead in the face in point blank range, which once again, having looked into it, that whole situation seems to me a lot like that wouldn't have happened to the guy if he had just complied with the police 
as is so often the case in situations like this. And also, he was a drug dealer and a criminal who had been stopped numerous times for uh, uh, driving violations before. He was shot in the face at point-blank range, and then a bunch of other teams start rioting afterwards. It's not just teens. It's a lot of people who are migrant populations who just come over. And all they have in common is their teens. Yeah, that's the only thing, the only thing in common. And I've not seen any footage of any of these people saying that the uh, West belongs to the Middle East now, the West belongs the to Islam there's now. There's a bunch of French teenagers who are all there with their, their berries and baguettes being like, ha ha ha, France belongs to us now. What, what do you mean? <laughs> it wouldn't make any sense, it already did. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't make any sense, does it? And uh, But your immediate this assumption... Is for, this is for colonialism, France. In France. Put it down. <laughs> French Revolution 2.0. Here we go, baby. <laughs> this is revenge. <laughs> I mean, maybe in 20 years when the French actually do have to rise up, but that's... that's oh, yeah. yeah. But the immediate assumption is that the main explanation is has to be radical Islam, you're just a dummy. But once again, this was about racial grievances, and this that's happening in France right now is about racial grievances, not about radical Islam uh, necessarily, other than what, as Callum said, was a shorthand. And I, then I think you... it's just a distance thing. Possibly, like not but... Not close enough to understanding the French context. Well, he's been speaking to Carl about this, and he did also say that he'd been over to Paris. I don't know how recently, but he'd spoken to a lot of these French Algerians, and they were all just normal people. They're just normal people. All well, people are people. All people are people, yes. If you speak to somebody one-on-one, -on -one, but if you get them in a critical mass and set the fuse alight, then something like this can happen when you have a, a, a an ethnically different population that has its own racial grievances. Because what I've seen a lot of these people saying is that this is essentially re um, revenge for French colonialism in Algeria. Well, they, which they in wrote itself it on the was... Holocaust Memorial. Did yes. you not see that? Oh, yes, they did, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. Very strange. I mean, I, you couldn't be more blunt about Ma it. Michael Tracy sitting at the side going, oh, those crazy teens. It's crazy what the heat does to them in the you know, summer, isn't it? French teens hate Jews. Not any other kind of teens, just French teens. I'm wearing just my nice clothes, <laughs> can you not? Yeah, there's, there's no, like, you know, correlation of certain people who hate Jews. No, it's, it's just French teens. You know a map of people who hate Jews? Yeah. Everywhere else love the Jews. French teens. I know. Oh. The funny thing is that even, even in Miles Chong's statement, suggests that it's due to revenge for the Algerian colonialism. That, that's because it's their stated reason. Yeah, that is their <laughs> stated reason. He's calling it up saying that, oh, there's a contradiction here, uh, whereas Michael Tracy is just going, ah, them kids, them kids. So, yes, we, we can have uh, allies of convenience and, and, and friends uh, on particular subjects, but I do think it's important to be aware of who your allies are because then all of a sudden you know you agree with them on particular foreign policy you agree with them on free speech issues you agree with them on maybe uh, trans issues and such but then all of a sudden a situation like this arises where you literally have chaos in the streets due to racial grievance due to mass migration and they turn around and start making excuses for it so i just want to say let's be let's all be careful of that in the future we shall move to something fun have Yay. some fun. Please, please don't make me destroy my nice clothes. I'll what? try to make it up. So no! There we are. That's not what I wanted. I asked you to not do that. No, no, no. <laughs> so credibility is completely overrated. At least this seems to be the statement from The Guardian, which I know is kind of a punching bag, has been for a while, but they did something recently that I think is fun, so I thought we'd go and check them out, because they decided to argue that LOLO caused Brexit. What? Yeah. The, the BBC... The TV show. So Mimi LeBonk over there, she was the real reason that everyone voted Brexit. 
pretty paced. <laughs> anyway, we'll start off with the economics of margin call, which is uh, a review uh, on losers.com of the movie, which great movie. And uh, Google I've not watched it. The review on losers.com because I got to mention. Oh no, it's got Kevin Spacey in it. Um, it does, but he's not nonsing on kids. So he's um, <laughs> he's actually the, the. This is advanced warfare. In the movie, he's actually playing a guy who's like the only moral anchor in the group. Where he's like, maybe we shouldn't destroy other people's lives. Well, bad choice on profit. the casting there. Yeah, but you know, there we are. I mean, uh, he's a good actor. I'll give I'll give him that. He was a good actor. Michael Jackson. Boy, oh, those songs. Um, Gary oh, no. Glitter. Oh no, ironically. <laughs> Also, Michael Jackson, I will say that there is a lot of contention with those claims. Watch Razor Fist's I know, videos. It's just a joke. I, I'm not, uh, I would love to find someone just completely ignorant of like anything to do with Michael Jackson, Gary Glitter, Jimmy Savile, and oh. Kevin Spacey. <laughs> and they just sit them down and just they're writing the best things, why they love these actors and what. Well, just, what? You, you just sit them down, show them all the films, show them all the music yeah. without telling them any of that extra context. Uh, like, they just go out telling everyone that they're their favourite musicians. Oh my and god, actors. <laughs> just at work, everyone's this like, guy, Gary Glitter, he's got such a amazing song but all of a sudden everyone at work is just like we need to report him to HR this, this oh no oh no because what Jimmy Savile was mainly known for before it all came out he's like Jimmy Savile he was always so good to those kids wasn't he oh. anyway, don't to, clip that back to the fun instead which is the real cause of Brexit turns out was indeed Mimi LeBanc or whoever the hell else you want to pick from LOLO's cast this is The Guardian this is real most people thought this was a parody but no, it's real. British sitcoms reveal culture that contributed to the Brexit vote. Oh my god, in the 1970s and 80s, they had sitcoms where English people were English. So you know the thing... That means that everybody voted for Brexit. I mean, they do want to destroy this kind of culture because it means you look back and you go, hold up, England wasn't diverse and everybody seems much happier. What? They, they want to get rid of it. it. I mean, the thing is, like, you know how leftists will reinvent the wheel every so often? They'll be like, what if I'm, um... What if I'm my sexuality is that I like having sex with the opposite sex, huh? Oh yeah. I was like, yeah, that's called straight. They reverse engineer it all the time. Well, this one, I think what they've done is they reverse engineered finding out that cultures are different. Sorry, you've just got me thinking. <laughs> what, what's the name of the sexuality they invented for? Enjoys being in straight monogamous relationships. Cake gender or something. It's like you have a warm feeling for someone and you only have sex with that person that you love. Probably cake gender. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, a lot of other people were like, you know, the real cause of Brexit. Come fly with me. I mean, fair enough. I can't believe they took that off Netflix. That was such a good show. People who haven't seen Come Fly With Me. It's hilarious. You should track it down. You should also go watch Little Britain because that was um, gold before. I do like Little Britain, but I think even though it was only one series, Come Fly With Me, I preferred. Particularly these characters here. So this is Taj, who's the bag boy. And then there's, um, I forget his name, the character, but there's called Mr. Smith, who is just the racist Brexiteer immigration officer. Who is the funniest man alive? Oh yeah. <laughs> so do go and check that out. Doesn't then. he question that guy for his passport? He had a mustache before. Well, he, he, he which one? Or, or or is it or is it he's like oh you've oh, got yeah, a mustache yeah. now and he gets him to shave like, it he off. He shaved it off, so he gets a pen out and like draws it on the French immigrant <laughs> and then he's like mm, still does not fit. <laughs> so good. Deported. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but there's some other people who are like you know the real culprit. Oh yeah, should have known. He has a feeling about it. But this is the article. Sitcoms reveal culture that contributed to the Brexit vest. Says historian. Oh, great. Great. More experts. I'm just going to leave it here so people can have a lovely look at Alolo. People who haven't watched Alolo, um, you can pirate it on YouTube because for some reason it's just up. So there we are. Special are we followers. allowed to endorse that? 
I'm not saying you should do it. I'm saying you shouldn't, but I'm saying it's Oh, there. you're saying it's possible to do so. It is um, horrible that YouTube allows such things to be easily available if you just type in Aloha Low episode 1 through 20. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I bet you've just got it taken down off YouTube for that. Also, this, this man, to be fair, does look like average Brexit voter. So and God bless him for have it. Have you watched Aloha Low or not? I actually haven't. So I'll, I'll explain it. I've people. watched, you know, Young Ones, Blackadder, a lot of the classic 80s Dad's ones. Dad's Army. Yeah, well, of course. Like that's was yeah. a kid's, uh, what I was watching as a kid. So well, well, I imagine the Americans probably haven't watched many of these, or any of them. Ch- check out all of them, frankly. But Alolo is probably the funniest one in terms of um, stereotypes. So the whole concept is that it was all the British people, and they need to make a show about a French cafe owner who is... The man on the left here, Isn't it Rene, o- in occupied Paris. Yes, and uh, Rene's cafe is what he runs. It's actually an Easter egg. If you play Hoi Four, when you load up the front screen, you'll notice there's Rene's cafe there. Anyway, the Hoi Four facts <laughs> for all of the Hoi Foy boys out there. There are a lot of Hoi Foy boys out there, I tell you. <laughs> anyway, and there's his wife, um, Yvette, who he does not like because he's French, so he cheats on her with all the waitresses constantly. And uh, I mean, average Frenchman, the French leader of the resistance. She's also a woman that he cheats on his wife with. Because, of course... Well, he's attracted woman. to strong women, obviously. Um, it's not even that. It's just, you're not my wife. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> not my wife, unzip. Yeah, whenever he's talking about and, his wife. And, uh, truly, I mean, it, to be fair, this man <laughs> does look somewhat like John Paul Sartre with his eyes. Yeah, and he was also disturbingly successful with women despite that. But the point being, so you got a bunch of French people, French right? People. And then there is the Germans, and the Germans turn up, and they talk in German accents, of course, and they are wearing silly things and talking silly and cannot understand humour and all the rest of it. And they're the occupying force, so they're uh, there, and he has to negotiate with them to get stuff and materials or not go to jail. But at the same time, there's the communist French resistance, and we're all pretty women in berets, who tried to kill him because he works with the Germans, so then he has to keep them off. But Resist working with the them. socialist boobs. <laughs> <laughs> but, but because, you know, he works with the socialist boobs and the Germans want to lock him up for it. And then there are the British airmen who turn up and say, hello, chaps, and blah, blah, blah. And um, they are hiding in his attic, and he's got to deal with them because the leader of the resistance wants him to. But of course, it's a British show, so there's no French. Because why would we speak French? Disgusting. So instead... This is, this is just a round improvement. No, but there's no subtitles. Everyone just speaks with a massive, ridiculous accent. <laughs> so They don't even go the laziest route and they, just speak in English accents. No, no. So, so the British airmen speak uh, perfect English, chaps, and I can't understand what this frog is saying. I think he wants your watch. I'll give him the watch. They give the watch to Rennie, and Rennie goes, Why is he giving me his watch? I do not want his watch. I want him to get under the, the bunk, because I cannot hide him. Or whatever. And then um, there's a British spy who turns up who is spying as a French policeman who was the previous chap. I think we can get him back up real quick so people can see him. Yes, yes. And of course, he has learnt to speak French perfectly well, chaps. I'll speak to the French for you. And then, of course, he speaks in a French accent and going, Hello, I have come from under the. <laughs> I have come to have a looking at what is going on in your bunk. And they're like, What the hell is he saying? And the, the joke is that you can speak bad French. And the Germans, of course, just speak English but with a German accent. And the point being that you're showing off, because a lot of um, soldiers were actually shown the show and loved it when it came out, because it was at a time when people were alive who, of course, fought there and were operating there. And they loved it because, of course, it was the different cultural aspects and the humour ensued from those cultural aspects. And the left, in the form of The Guardian here, have rediscovered the show and then been like, oh, look, the cultures are different. This was clearly Brexit propaganda. Aren't we all the same? Aren't we all humans? It's, it's comical bad wait is this trans-europeanism or something yeah is this what they're doing 
all <laughs> Europeans equal the same? It's worse than that, actually. We'll get to the end. I'm pretty sure he's a German sympathiser. So, people seeking to explain Brexit have looked to Winston Churchill and the 16th century English Reformation, but they may, may just as well have looked at Captain Mannering and Basil Fawlty, according to an expert. Well, I mean, John Cleese did say that London isn't an English city anymore, so Basil Fawlty... Hmm. is probably the least tenuous connection we've got here. He was also able to point out that there are cultural differences, such as the Germans don't have any humour and the French cheat on their wives. Uh, that mm. argues the historian, Professor Gavin Schaefer. Right. Now, I looked him up. We'll get back to him in a bit. All right, but okay. part of me is wondering whether he's a German spy. <laughs> so, All right, okay. He says it is because the tone of British sipcoms from the 60s, 70s and 80s, such as Faulty Towers, Dad's Army and Hello, Hello, Give an insight into parts of the sense of identity and political culture that contributed to the vote to leave the European Union. What, that they're English? Well, they all have views of the Europeans, such as that they are not English. They are European and are from their distinct cultures and therefore are a bit different. You mean just like the French... Like reality. Look, look differently on the Germans, and the German look differently on the French, and the Italians look differently, on, and the Spanish are different. Well, no, like reality, when you go to Spain and you organise a meeting this and they not, don't turn up. And... Is it just me, or is this not that bit of diversity that they always <laughs> go be banging on about? Well, Schaefer over here has come to England to tell us that uh, many Britons took a lower low to their hearts as it presented a light-hearted reflection of the European differences that ultimately spoke to the core differences between Britain and the European neighbours. Something that, you know, anyone could have told you. I mean, that's just the reality. Oh, the French are different. Oh, I mean, I hate to go on it, but your last speaker in your segment. I found that there are two people when it comes to people who travel, Mm. right? There are people who come home and come home with the delusion that the whole world is just people trying to get along. And I can't imagine how they would get to that because surely the more you travel, the more you realise that people are, in fact, different. Yeah, it's, it's like they went to... I don't know, Moscow, and just stayed in the English Quarter or something. It's a very strange level of cope that one must imbibe. It's the kind of people who learn nothing ever. And then there are the people who come home, and the joke is that they're the most racist people alive. But of course, it's not about racial differences. It's just, no, we can point out the differences between the ethnic groups. They know the quirks of each of them, and so forth. And Acknowledging that people are different does not immediately mean... (laughs) That you have to go, well, best kill them all. <laughs> Funnily enough, it doesn't. But um, Schaefer over here has got a different view. Um, he says, The show also tells us something about British attitudes to Europe were changing and not changing in the late 80s and the early 90s. As Britain edged closer to her European neighbours, despite closer bonds, British voices of Euroscepticism never strayed too far from suspicions rooted in the Second World War. Um, Schaefer... Do you think there might have been a reason post-World War we were a bit sus of the Germans? You want to have a think about maybe what it might have been? You know, a Holocaust or two? <laughs> World War or two? <laughs> the, uh... I mean, the Russians are also, well, part of the Russians are also European. Some of them are Asian, but yeah. a lot of them are European. They also did some bad things. Sus of them too, for some reason. You know, quite a few um, genocides of their own, which are even worse than mm. the Holocaust, which... Uh... In terms is of this guy going to go, and why do they all keep looking sideways at the Baltics? <laughs> it's, it's literally him sitting there like, I don't know why people don't trust the Europeans. We are perfectly to be trusted. No, I mean, we, they are perfectly to be trusted, I swear. Churchill's line that the EU was, uh, sorry, the UK was with Europe, but not of it. 
that it was linked but not comprised, and interested and associated but not absorbed, is often cited as one of the most succinct explanations of the way Britons have felt about the relationship with Europe since the end of the Second World War. And some have argued that the British uh, distance dates back to the Reformation, when King Henry VIII broke with Rome. Uh, personally, when I meet people who are, you know, old enough to remember their dad fighting, um, and they <laughs> old asked enough them, to remember the Reformation. <laughs> <laughs> I remember old Henry, I do. And when, they, when asked why they left Rome, they usually ask you something along the lines of, "Well, I just want to kill some Europeans." Why else? Uh, I'm not even joking. I was a <laughs> lovely lady I met once. I asked her, well, why, you know, do you remember? She was like, oh, yes, my, my dad went and fought in the Navy. Uh, why did he go? And she said, well, I asked him that one day, and he said he wanted to kill some Germans. Mm. So there we are. <laughs> Yet Schaefer has argued that the sort of popular entertainment enjoyed by millions across the country is at least as in... is at least... <sighs> is at least as instructive of pro-Brexit attitudes. The argument that there was something specifically British about being able to laugh at yourself was a key to much of the public affectation from a lower low. Affection. Affection, sorry. I, I love that, though. She's like, you know, the, the, the British have this uh, sense of humour, but doesn't everyone? <laughs> Got in Himmel! I mean, have you asked the Germans? <laughs> Germans at the side <laughs> going, humour? Laughter? Mm, yeah, yeah, I love joke. Uh, I tell you a classic German joke. Knock knock. Who's that? It is a it is a German man. He is selling a box of cereal. <laughs> I will now tell another German joke. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continuing affection for this kind of humour points to something of the British spot about the legacy of the war and the barriers between Britain and the rest of Europe. Yeah, they all went fascist, and we didn't. This is an impressively <laughs> stupid article. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but it, it really is just him going around being like, I don't know what they don't like us. I mean them. Why, why don't they like them? <laughs> I'm sorry, this is... What, so, the Brits can laugh at themselves. Yeah. Th therefore, and for Brexit. <laughs> and they also don't like the Germans for some reason. They can't find out why if they don't like us Hans. Uh, listening very carefully to Alolo reveals a story of a nation that remains unready for further European integration. Well, it is because they're all Nazis in the show, so it's pretty, pretty standard for being sus of the Germans and also sus of the French because they're all communists. Is, is it? it terrible that I want England to stay England and Germany to stay Germany and France to stay France and all of these countries to have their own uniqueness to them? Is that bad? It's not even that. He's, it, local professor is um, unsure as to why the British public don't trust Napoleon or Hitler. I mean, I'm not... <laughs> that, That's fair. You have to know no history to argue like this. Schaefer said Britain's uneasy relationship with Europe has often been presented in such works, even if unsaid. In Faulty Towers, he wrote, it was deliberately set up as the elephant in the room. For example, in one episode, which the broadcaster shortly after a yes vote in 1975, European referendum, Basil Faulty tells his German guests, I didn't vote for it myself, quite honestly, but now that we're in it, I'm determined to make it work. Did Shea forget that in Faulty Towers, Basil Faulty is often, if not every single time, the butt of the joke? Yeah, he's he's being rude there, and that is the comedy. Yes. Which is that he's got some Germans, and instantly he's just like, well, you are scum, but whatever, well, you're here now. Yeah. No, Mr. Schaefer over here, I believe, and tell me wrong, I believe he's a German spy, which is why he doesn't understand any of the jokes. All right, okay, let's, <laughs> let's hear your evidence. I'm sure that you've got an incredibly thorough case. Well, I'll, the, the last line is the thing I think sells it for me. And he said, Dad's army portrayed the war as a period of national cooperation, with the characters becoming an exemplar of British character triumphing over European foes. And he's upset about that. 
How dare they show that the British would have some reason to distrust the Germans? God strafe England, said Mr. Schaefer, I assume. Because why else would you write that? Why, why do you think the British would be triumphing over the Europeans? Because it's the Nazis, mate. It was the British show. <laughs> We're beating them. It's, it's not the alternate universe where your ancestors did nothing wrong, I presume, well, well, Mr. Schaefer. I mean, the, the thing is, if the Germans had won the war, there would have been... <laughs> shows about how the Germans were the good guys. Yeah, sh- comedy shows. Well, maybe. Uh, there would have been shows about... <laughs> <laughs> would have been documentaries. <laughs> there would have been very serious and straightforward documentaries about how the Germans were the good guys in every situation. Oh, That's how God. post-war propaganda works. I mean, it's just really, really weird. I don't know why they publish this piece of crap. <laughs> like, hello, hello. Right, who, who, Basically, right-wing propaganda. <laughs> who is Kevin Rawlinson who wrote this? And is it just that he met some random German at a pub? Well, he met called, Professor Gavin Schaefer over Gavin here. Gavin Schaefer. Who was like, oh, that's just my real name. Listen. <laughs> to him ramble Squire. for a bit. Yeah, and went, I could say the word square. Oh my god, I'm on a deadline. I need a new article. <laughs> uh, there's, raving there's... German nationalist. <laughs> Would you tell us about why Brexit happened? Yeah, it's because they, they make propaganda about how bad my ancestors were in the war, which I'm sorry for their conduct or not. Anyway, we checked out Schaefer. Apparently he's a real bloke, as you can see here. He's Apparently. A, yeah, for some reason. He is also a pronoun... Rawlinson was able to get a LinkedIn profile knocked up real quick for this. <laughs> he also does seem to be a pronoun user, so gross. Oh no, he's a pronoun respector. Yeah, but we'll end this off with the fact that, to be honest, I mean, seeing the funny walk does remind me of why I don't want to be in the Euros. Don't, don't get me wrong, but there's <laughs> that. And um, I did have one more article from The Guardian, which is, I think, worse, but it's quite sad. Um, so I'll save that for another day, because I've had some fun. I don't want to ruin the fun today. I think we'll, we'll go to the video comments with a smile instead. Because um, that one is The Guardian arguing that women should be able to kill babies. Oh, yes, I saw that one. Yeah, um, we'll leave that for another day. Should we get a little, <laughs> just a tiny little hint? Should we, have a, should we have a sampling here, just the headline? Women who want to kill their newborns are deeply unwell, so why are they being tried for murder? It's because they kill babies, this is a- Julia. <laughs> This is a riddle worthy of a Greek myth. <laughs> so there we are. Credibility. Overrated. Because um, why not just argue that God strafe England and also um, kill your baby and uh, you should get off because you're a woman and therefore mentally ill. That's actually their argument. We'll get back into that. Oh, just all women are mentally ill. Uh, who have babies, yes. So that is the Guardian's position, not mine, YouTube. They but... took a half measure. They should have <laughs> taken a full measure. <laughs> that's, that's enough of that. I'm going to end on a smile instead of a what is wrong with you. Yes, let's. And uh, move to the video comments. Happy Treason Day. I can't hear them, John. The Could you pause that for us and get the audio well, well, working? Let's just hope that the audience though, can hear them. Cause me and the rest of my three-legged friends but, over here on the rock. But I want to know what John said. He's a nice guy. Uh, but everything doesn't work in this studio. And it, that doesn't work. The aircon's buggers. The 10th uh, century, we decided... That's why I'm so buggered. I thought it was the magnetism between us. No, it's on. It's just and it's lasted until this day, so... was that? Well over a thousand years old now. I'm just taking this moment. because. How old is your country again? To wine. How's your back? Uh, my back's actually fine. I, I, I want the old chairs back, because I, I want to lay in it, and then it doesn't hurt. But I have to do this, otherwise... Can I do, you are spiritually 80. Absolutely. And also, your back is 80. Yeah. <laughs> John, uh, do we know if we've got the audio problems fixed yet? Apparently they can't hear it on the stream either. Cause, uh, cause, oh, oh, no, John- they can hear him. Oh, they can? So there we are. Local Manx man, should we just guess what he said instead? And just make up our own video comments? I'm really sorry to hear about that. It's tr- tragedy. Surely. Or great news. Oh, I can't believe it. You're the man. No, I, I, you're I, the man. No, I feel, I feel bad because I, I genuinely... I feel bad, you know, just watching and then pretending like this. No, I, I f- don't. I didn't break it. 
<laughs> yeah, but he pays a subscription to send in videos so that we can respond to them. Yeah, well, I didn't, I didn't break the set, so... Do you know if you've got the audio <laughs> for check, John? Because earlier on, we couldn't hear you through the earpieces either. Oh, yeah, I can hear I can you hear a bit John now. now. Yeah, yeah. This is entertainment. This is fantastic. <laughs> oh, I can in hear him now. I've made a video Sorry comment. to the audience. Do you mind if we go I back really to enjoyed the John video? Because I do debating actually want to hear what he had to say. Could we, could we go back? So, so that we can respond. Apparently the volume was just... Um, uh, just, just, just try oh, it again okay. for us. What a mess. Sorry sorry about this. Happy treason day for you lot across the water. Now we can hear Well, on the 5th though, me and the rest of my three-legged friends over here on the rock will be celebrating Timwald Day, which is our national day. Back in the 10th century, we decided to set up a government, thanks to the Vikings, and it's lasted till this day, so it's well over a thousand years old now. How old is your country again? <laughs> okay, now I was able to hear it. I actually, that's very interesting. That's really cool. I need to, is it, it's the Isle of Man with the legs, right? Mm -hmm. That's the one. I need to visit there at some point. I'm sure my dad's been there a number of times and told me it's a really great place to go. I'm also told that there's a really excellent bookshop there run by like an 80 year old grumpy man. I couldn't actually hear him, so... You couldn't actually hear him. Well, he was talking about... I just had to turn up my, my headphones. I think he was talking about Manx independence over a thousand you years. You go, men. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hello, the Cedars. It's been a while since I've made a video comment. I really enjoyed Symposium 18 debating classical liberalism. So much so that I made a written response called uh, Reclaiming Liberalism from the Cultists. It's available at xandermeller.com. Uh, if saving classical liberalism is something that interests you, I invite you to come check it out. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you very much for that. I'm glad you really enjoyed that symposium, certainly enough to be able to write an article in response to, I assume, some of Carl's arguments that he presented in that. So, yeah, we're always happy uh, to support our the people who support us. So if you're interested, go and check out that article on xandermeller.com. What? Don't laugh at me. No, I'm, I'm laughing because we're about to get cscooper.com. We, we are about, we're getting a lot of advertisements thrown at us. All right, we're from our sponsor. Let's play. How's it going, guys? Just wanted to announce that I'm starring in a production of Animal Farm in my local area. So if mm. there are any Australians around the place, you can go to my Facebook page, cscooper.com.au slash Facebook, and go and find out where you can get tickets. Come and see me play Snowball. There you go. We've got such an active bunch in the gold tier comments today. Thank you very much for that. Today we're going to talk about Yankeedom. This region was settled by the puritanical rejects of England. They brought with them the love of English education, founding the first universities of the New World. These institutions bring them a smug sense of superiority, as well as allow them to colonize the rest of the country with their ideology. From the Boston Massacre to Prohibition to Civil Rights to Wokeism, their constant need for moral panic fills that God-shaped hole. Their likes include projection and moral busybody. Their dislikes include mention of per capita and the consequences of their action. <laughs> ah, all true. Definitely true. Nice to see some shots fired from one American <laughs> to another. Uh, one of the interesting things that you say about uh, Yankeedom, which is the New England area, as I understand it, one of the things I understand about it, it is one of the most um, racially homogenous areas of all of America. So it's interesting that they're 
a lot of the time the ones pushing it on everybody else and yet they don't have to deal with any of the consequences of enrichment somewhat like Martha's Vineyard when Ron DeSantis decided to enrich them very briefly true Right, to the comments. Ross Diggle says, Callum, if it makes you feel better, I only know my sister's birthday because it's the same as my wife's. I'm not married <laughs> to my sister. <laughs> I'm going to have to throw a big doubt out at that one. But if you had to clarify, then that's pretty pretty weird. So, um... I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> go on, go on. Nope. Let's carry on. So, Paul Newbar says, uh, Well, the Democratic Party's still in existence, and it is solely responsible for slavery and discrimination. They also assassinated the Republican president after the war. All true. Sophie Lev says, Thing also is, The average person is having a really bad time right now. Inflation has not stopped. Job security is very low. People are driven out of their homes and areas due to crime and violence. Average people do not have a great time. And then people have to listen to these uber-privileged, super-rich people who just happen to be black, crying about how oppressed they are. One thing is feeling guilty when you're doing well. Another is being told by Oprah Winfrey that you're an oppressor when you've just finished a 30-hour shift on an oil rig and still not making enough money to pay rent. Yeah. Have you ever been tempted to go and work on an oil rig? Oh, yeah. Love the idea. It seems great. I can't lie. That's the real difference between men and women. A lot of men are just like, that sounds awesome, to be honest. Yeah, well, I get to just be in the middle of the ocean, subject to the forces of nature yeah. for months at a time, somewhat isolated. I get a, I get a bunk to myself. I'm going to be ripped by the end of it, and you're going to pay me 78 grand. Amazing. Awesome. You know, if this if this whole Lotus business ever falls through, that's what I'm doing. I'm saying, sorry, love, to the, to the old fiancé. I'm saying, sorry, love, I'm off to the middle of the ocean for a few months. So Thane Scotty says uh, three mouses, one cursor. Ugh. Best argument against democracy is a five-minute mouse wheel battle with the average Lotus Eater presenter. Should we have a fight? Should come on, yeah. come on. Let's see who wins. I'm feeling lucky. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know if people can even see this. We're I'm just, just ruining gonna, the good. I'm just going to... Wait, wait. Come on. Come on. Do the... I'm feeling right, like okay. it. No, 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 there you go. Right, right, okay. Oh, you know what the worst part about this is? Is the, um, the... Oh, John's doing it as well. No, this, <laughs> not just that, but the sensitivity is John's sensitivity. Come on, come on, almost there. And almost. John is a it, weird man when it comes to his sensitivity. This is where we hit history and it just... Yes, yes, yeah, there yes. There we go, yes. Roll Perfect. dice, come on. One. Oh. What? Well, that's... Roll the die. Boring. Boring. Okay. Let's... Can we roll again? <laughs> <laughs> we're both we're all trying to do it. Do we even have this on screen, or are people just looking at us? <laughs> Come on. One. Oh, whatever. Snake eyes. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. All right. All right. Brown Von Walk says, when it comes to paying reparations to the black community, oh, this has no. <laughs> we just jump from thing to thing. Uh, it should be noted that there is a news headline titled "California Reparations Task Force Calls for Eliminating Child Support Debt for Black Residents." All reparations are just one big. Never-ending money pit. Yep. Yep. Sounds about right to me. Or welfare, mate. Complete waste of time. You ever seen that picture? I must show you it. You'll probably find it hilarious. Um, there are lots of, specifically, black Americans who, for some reason, decided they would go on massive protests because of the space race. And there's a very funny image of a very fat... That's not where I was expecting that to go. There's a very fat woman for the time. For the time. <laughs> okay, so relatively slim these days. Things have changed, obviously. But there yes. was a very fat woman for the time who's a black lady with a child, and she's holding a sign that says, Billions for space, pennies for the hungry. And obviously, she's fat. And it's just like, Give me money. Just 
many such cases. You know what would happen if we gave all of our money to end world hunger? Is we'd have to end it the next year. We, we would have. Never <laughs> we would have works. world hunger again a yeah. few months later. Andrew Narog, don't get too ahead of yourself there. Affirmative action was only struck down for public universities. It's valid elsewhere. This is absolutely fair point. Uh, Ross Deal said, I fixed the BBC title, Sheffield Woman Jailed for Being a Bit of a Dick. Yep. Yeah. Um, what was that I saw? I haven't included it. Now, call right. me a bigot if you will, but I saw a story All right, go on. before we began. There was another police force in question. Sussex Police have issued out uh, a notice to anyone living in Sussex. This is a, a red notice for you. Police are investigating sexual assault on a teenage boy by two women in Burgess Hill. Anyway, he, were, he awoke to find that he'd been sexually assaulted in their apartment. Uh, the suspects are described by the police. One had a bright red, believed to be coloured hair, and is six foot three inches tall. The other woman has um, blonde hair and is five foot nine inches tall. All right. And I'm, I'm These just saying... These are exceptionally tall women. On average, women very rarely even hit five foot nine. I just want to point that out there. If you're looking for some very lanky, suspicious-looking ladies, um, Sussex is the place to find that six foot three inches tall brunette. <laughs> she is known to have a rugged chest of hair. There's no other description, by the way. Nothing else is written about I these women. Which, um, I wonder why. I feel bad for that poor kid. It's unusual as well, because women usually don't engage in sexual assault. Um, never mind of teenage boys, but it's usually no. men. Um, in fact, women well, often just, if they are trying to do such a thing, often have just a difficult time with the practical reality of being able to do such a thing. They do. Yeah. But anyway, there are some women on the loose in uh, Sussex, so keep an eye out for threats to democracy anyway, Thomas Howe speaking of threats to democracy says are you a threat to the German democracy 10% of the FD says yes Han Hermann Hopp spave, <laughs> grave is spinning slowly marginally uh, he's right. not dead yet let's um, not talk as if the great Hans Hermann Hopper is dead yet please he he's in his 70s but well, he's not he's, dead he's old so he's well, let's not let's not be hasty here send it <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> I did recently get a copy of uh, Democracy the God that Failed um, which for almost 40 pounds was dis disappointingly low quality because it was printed by Rutledge uh, not really printed by them though because you flip to the back page and it has that classic classic telltale sign where it says printed in Great Britain by Amazon so you know that you're getting a very, very nice um, curated edition for yourself. And it's just a shame because I don't know what the rights problems are with that book, but Mises Institute can't print it. And I know that if Mises Institute could print it, one, it would be twice as nice as a volume and probably be about £10 instead of 40 That's Very nice. frustrating. Why but can't I they needed... print it? Um, rights issues, I'd imagine. It's the rights to the book are probably owned by Rootledge, ironically, given the sorts of libertarian attitudes towards rights and publishing and such that's annoying but i suppose if you want to get a book out there you've got to take a deal don't you and it is over 20 years old at this point that book mr duck says the afd are a threat to democracy and that's why i vote for them that would be great on a t-shirt <laughs> anyway, move to the conservatives uh yes sure arizona desert rat says hunter biden is not the beneficiary of white privilege he's the beneficiary of govern government cronyism Exactly, exactly. And that's why it was frustrating to me to see people try and reframe the leftist narrative, except for a conservative aim, because every time, literally every single time that's happened, it never works. All that you end up with is conservatives becoming more leftist because they think, aha, if we suddenly start to accuse everybody of white privilege, the left will definitely lose this time. Never works. Not a single ch chance. 
Then Scotty of Swindon says, We call leftists watermelons, i.e. green on the outside, red on the inside, when they disguise their radical beliefs in nice, moderate-sounding arguments. We should call people who claim to be conservative while petting left-wing rhetoric and arguments trans-leftists. It superficially sounds like, they're, uh, like it's using their language supportively, but in actuality it's pointing out that despite claiming to be one thing, they're very obviously just pretending and they're actually striving to be something other than what they started as. Very good point. That's not a bad idea. Ethelstan95 says, I may have been younger, but were major newspapers and corporations this left-wing even 10 to 15 years ago? Seems to get more pervasive and more extreme every year. No, they weren't. In fact, um, Oren McIntyre often points out that right-wing positions now, or uh, positions that are defended by supposed conservatives now, are actually to the left of Barack Obama's democratic platform that he was putting forward in 20 uh, in 2008 so in 2008 barack obama was saying you know i support gay people's right to be in relationships and have civil court uh, partnerships and such but i'm not going to support gay marriage whereas now the average right winger or average conservative would be fully on board with uh, with gay marriage and such i'm not pa passing value judgment on that i'm just saying that that is clearly in terms of social issues to the left of where obama was not that obama believed in what he was saying but in terms of the acceptable political rhetoric it shows how far we've shifted to the left since then yeah yeah uh, suits the red coat says the biggest difference between Europeans in Africa and Africans in Europe is that one was a big uh, group of settler colonists and the last uh, latter is a bunch of squatter colonists yeah yeah that's also, not a bad way of putting it actually what was the effect um, you know we left them with a higher GDP per capita they left us we with left a one. we left them with roads sewage systems oftentimes nice buildings functioning governments uh, and then they destroyed all of those and then decided, well, we'll go and destroy ours instead as well. And our leaders, for some reason, decided to just go, welcome one, welcome all. Uh, anyway, Joan of Arc says, I refuse to use the left's terms. Correct. Closest I come to is word that will get us banned off of YouTube and Twitter now. Call sodomy sodomy again. Yes. Then Scotty of Swindon again says, it's nothing to do with Islam. One of the rioters shouted something about the Quran. Another shouted, God is great in Arabic. Not to mention, should we take it? I mean, literally, I saw the footage of Allahu them Akbar. Sh shooting guns into the sky, oh, screaming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Tracy going, well, it's obviously just usual teenage hijinks. And he, 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 the funny thing is he capped all of that off with, I would know, I was a teenager once as well. And I just thought, what the hell were you getting up to in your teen years? Me and the boys. Yeah, me and the boys. Heading aid workers. Praising Allah. <laughs> Speaking of which, there is actually a beautiful clip of um, Bald and Bankrupt doing that. Who? You know Bald and Bankrupt? No. No? All right, well... No. I'll carry on with this uh, comment. Not to mention, should we take a stab in the dark about which religion these checks notes North African lads follow? Jainism, perhaps? Why do people keep forgetting that there was a left Islam alliance for the largest time? Even now there is, i.e. the Labour Party in the UK. What common factors do the left and Islam share in common? Direct action, perhaps? Bash the fash? Rioting when something happens they don't like? Yes, it, it is definitely like what I'm talking about with some of the ill-advised right-wing alliances it's an alliance of convenience and a lot of people often talk about the problem with the woke alliance is that it will all fall apart because of the to sound a bit hegelian for a moment the inherent contradictions within it you can't have alphabet mafia activists and islamic activists on the same side for too long because they fundamentally disagree with one another but when you're trying to create grievance monging narratives grievance mongering narratives i should say um it 
it's a useful temporary alliance, and that's why it's worked for as long as it has, although it does occasionally fall apart in their faces spectacularly. Um, we've got a few more, but we're running out of time, so let's go to the last comments. Right here. Uh, what? The Unbreakable Litany says, at least the Guardian is willing to admit there is such a thing as English culture now. Um, no, their argument is that we're all the same and they can't tell the difference. Or there shouldn't be a difference. And then, I don't know, Mr. Schaefer, Z. Kyles or something, presumably. Um, Ethelstead95 says, not recognising European cultural differences is at least consistent with the leftist inability to recognise English culture. I think that's more than we're getting at. Arizona Desert Rat says, since they are supposed to be French in British shows, are there any British shows, any British in French shows? Just a thought. That's a good question, actually. Probably not. They kind of hate us. They probably think they're above us. Well, no, it's Bloody I, to be honest, I actually quite respect the French distaste of other f- cultures interacting with them. Like the bands on English songs I, I th- in I think, their radio. I think they have a few tragic practical examples of why they shouldn't let foreign cultures interact with them going on yeah, at the moment. Of course, but it's, you know, trying to preserve French culture is utterly noble. It's a shame it's French culture, though. Do, do you know the funny thing? I've been... Um, I read through um, Generative Principles on Political Constitutions by de Maistre again recently. And it's funny, because he's French, he's an aristocrat. It's funny how he considers English people, because he's like, listen, you guys, you really suck at philosophy. Please stop trying to do that. But your stubborn little England nature actually saves you a lot of the time because he's talking about the French Revolution. He's like, the English would never have we gone We had a great with- idea, but it didn't do anything good. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, the, French, the, the English would never have gone with something so stupid just because it sounded smart. And I respect it. That's kind of the French <laughs> opinion on us. Uh, this guy says, I'm with Stan Boardman when it comes to krautphobia. Dem Fokkers bombed my granny. They did indeed. So, yeah. Uh, German plane people don't know. Uh, Suits the Redcoat says, just listen to the lyrics of the songs they got young MJ to record as part of the Jackson 5. He was abused for sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he'd even gone on record talking about how his father abused him and some of his other siblings anyway. There's a song there, but I don't know the tune, so I'm not going to sing it. Is there a... It's just a tragic story, if you ask me. Uh, so Arizona does... No, there's a song in one of the comments, not mm. in Jackson 5. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Arizona Desert also says British triumphing over Germany isn't that what happened during World War Two? Unlike most Americans, I know that the Beirut are the ones who stops aren't the ones who stopped the Nazi juggernaut. Yeah, are the ones who stopped the Nazi juggernaut? Or is that meant to be British? I assume it's meant to be Beirut. It's just I, don't I assume know. she's meant to have written. I know that the British are the are the ones who stopped it. Okay, I was thought she was saying Beirut because there was a French colony, but mm. whatever. Michael Migos says, did the migrants seriously release zoo animals in France? Yes, they did. There were some zebras running around the city, which was good fun. I did see some posting that lions had been released, but that seemed to have been from 2019, 2020 riots. You know how Paris is. Every so often they riot and let the animals out. But um, yeah, it sounds like there have been actual animals let out this time as well. You've got to be proper stupid to interact with lions at a zoo, though. It's a very bad idea. Did I ever tell you about the Taliban doing it? Um... Was this second-hand, or were they people who actually tried it? So this is a recorded story um, in the book club we did about the Twin Towers. When the Taliban took over Afghanistan the first time, they walked into Kabul, found the zoo, and one of them jumped in the lion pit and shouted, I am the lion, and then the lion ate him. As expected. So then they, they tried to, um, as recompense, they decided they wouldn't pick a fight with the lion, they'd pick a fight with the bear, which is right next to it, 
and they threw a grenade. They just want to bully the bear. Well, we got to punish something. So they they threw a grenade at the bear that blew <laughs> off the bear's nose. Oh, that poor <laughs> bear! What did the bear do? Well, uh, you know, he was next to the lion, so. <laughs> so they were obviously colluding with one another. Anyway, we're out of time. One more. Yeah, go to the website. Go. Don't. Don't. All right. Bye. Thank you.